0: For and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's time for our favorite interview of the week. We check in with Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She is joining us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, and she does so coming off of what is probably the best week of the Cardinals season. So hopefully her mentions aren't as much of a disaster as they typically <laughs> are on Twitter. Katie, we always appreciate the time. How are you doing today?
2: Oh, gentlemen, I, can, I was going to say good morning, but I guess it's not really morning, which feds um, a lot to how I'm doing, right? <laughs>
0: Well, I hope that the travels going to Milwaukee were all right for you. Uh, Katie, let's start with this. What was the most impressive moment from the weekend in your mind? There were a lot of good ones, but what was the moment from the weekend that will stick in your mind?
2: Oh, there's so many. There there really are. But I think if, if we are going to pick one that I think really kind of solidified this run that the Cardinals are on, it's Tyler O'Neal's home run there. That was just a fantastic game. Not only do I think was it one of the biggest Cardinals victories of the season, it was the Padres' worst. I don't think there's a question about that. I mean, the Cardinals, barring anything unusual, pretty much put a dagger in San, in San Diego's postseason dreams there. That was a fantastic series. And for Tyler O'Neal to – perform in the way that he did. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of discourse about this on, on Twitter and online and in the media, but for him to be so frustrated on those back-to-back strikeout calls, which were quite generous, um, say his piece and not get tossed, remain in the ball game, and then hit that pivotal game-deciding home run I thought was just I, – I really don't think the Cardinals have had a – better
1: win this season
3: yeah I'm with you on that one Katie and look Tyler O'Neill he's been a catalyst this season for the team and turning things around and I mean he's played so superb in the outfield you know BK and I were just discussing this in the commercial break Tyler O'Neill if he's able to continue this and put it together for a full season he has the makings of an MVP that could be for the Cardinals in the future do you agree or disagree
2: you know, I, I do tend to agree. I know it's really early, um, and we were seeing some rumblings about that in the second half as it looked like he was. You know, he's always been a pretty solid defender. I mean, obviously he has a gold glove, and he's making a, a very good uh, case for a second straight gold glove award. Um, but the Cardinals are really stressed that they believe he could be a 40-40 player, that he just needed to tweak his offensive approach and grow a little bit in the game. And we're really seeing that this second half. And I know that when you look at the, the strikeout numbers and the chase rate, they're still probably higher than you would necessarily want them to be. But Tyler O'Neill is – way less of a two true outcome hitter than he used to be he's much more advanced he's much more versatile and you're seeing this with his power numbers he's hitting for average he can get on base he can do it in multiple ways you know I really do think that with continued growth Tyler has shown so much in this season it's it's hard not to exaggerate the feeling for what he can do in the future and I think this year above all he's really made a case to the Cardinals on why he needs to be an important part of their future
0: Katie, since moving to the three spot in the lineup, Tyler O'Neill is batting 300 with an OPS north of a thousand. And that means that he's batting in front of Nolan Arnato when he's batting third. Typically, how much do you think that has helped him as a player as well? Just seeing pitches that he can hit now.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. But um, if he keeps hitting like this, they're not going to want to pitch to him either, point. right? Like, it's uh, I, I think that that two, three, four combo. I mean, it took a while for them to get there, but it is really lethal now. Paul Goldschmidt's second half has just been phenomenal. And I feel like we're not talking about that enough, and that's probably what he prefers to be kind of <laughs> under the radar and and not talked about a lot. And we've seen Tyler really getting hot, and and Nolan's starting to get it around too. So I really think that two, three, four combo has been very pivotal in the Cardinal's success, especially late. I mean. They've been on an incredible run, and you gotta, you got to hand it to them, right, guys? I mean, we've heard for the last couple months, oh, no, we're going to get hot, or, you know, you don't want to see this in September. They didn't care about the strength of schedule. They didn't care about the opponents. They just knew that they were going to click, and what do you know? they are um, I think a lot has to do with how the offense is performing but really overall as a team the Cardinals are just playing their best baseball all season and it couldn't have come at a better time
3: well they they got this little bit of a lead now in the wild card Katie and we're not assuming things because there still is plenty of season to go and things could change in a quick uh, in a quick second but in the scenario that the Cardinals would have, if you're going to do a one-game wild card. you're either going to be taking on the Dodgers or the Giants. And you would imagine if it's the Dodgers, you're going to be taking on Max Scherzer. Do you like the setup for the Cardinals if it was a one-game series against the Dodgers? Or do you think that they would be preferring a one-game series against the Giants?
2: You know, I think it's really tough because both the Dodgers and the Giants are are the best two teams in baseball, um, and, and there's there's arguments you can make for both sides, right? I mean, when you look at it, the, the Cardinals have played the Dodgers pretty well, but they've played the Giants better than any team in baseball, and it doesn't really make sense. But when you look at how the Giants have fared against any other team they've played this season, the Cardinals have played them the best. They've played them the most consistent. They've played them the stronger. They've played them the strongest. It just really depends on who the Cardinals have out there, because right now, as the schedule is rolling out, Adam Wainwright is set to pitch game one sixty two, which would pretty much rule him out for any wild card game. Um, there's still a lot of of questions literally involving Dakota Hudson and Jack Flaherty and when they would come back and what their roles would be. Um, you do have John Lester, who has plenty of postseason experience and has been quite good over the last month. Um, so I really think it just depends on who the Cardinals want to throw out there. Uh, but really, whoever they face in the wild card, if they make it that far, you know, that's a pretty tough test, and it will make for some exciting baseball. I know that.
0: We're talking to Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic, here on 101 ESPN for another few minutes. She is live in Milwaukee, where the Cardinals are taking on the Brewers for a four game series beginning tonight with Jake Woodford on the mound for them. Uh, Katie, one thing that I did want to ask you about, and I know that there's going to be some Cardinals fans that roll their eyes at this question, and I get it, but I got to ask it nonetheless. Over the weekend, we saw the Padres get into a little bit of a tussle in their dugout where you had Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado going at it after Tatis struck out looking and he was furious about the situation. And then there have been some reporting that has come out since then, both from the Athletic with Ken Rosenthal and locally out in San Diego as well. That seems to suggest there's not the leadership inside of that clubhouse that they need right now. And that all goes back Mm -hmm. to Jace Tingler and his staff. How much credit? Does Mike Schilt deserve for never allowing it to get there with this Cardinals team this season? Because there was a time in June when it was every bit as bad here as it is right now out in San Diego.
2: Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because there's there's so many good points here that you know fans and even media with limited clubhouse access aren't we aren't able to see. So I think that Mike Schilt deserves endless amounts of credit for keeping that clubhouse together. I mean, look, I understand there's been plenty of frustration, especially in June and July. You know, I was looking at the Padres, and I thought to myself, this San Diego team in September is where the Cardinals were in June, and you can see themselves imploding. This would be a historic collapse for San Diego, and the Cardinals had every chance to do that in June and completely derail the rest of their season, but they didn't, and a lot of that has to go with the leadership of Mike Schill and the leadership that they have with the veterans in the clubhouse, with Wainwright, with Yachty, with Paul Goldschmidt, with Nolan Arenado, with Matt Carpenter. Like, those guys do not quit. Um, and they still have a lot of respect for their manager. And let's be honest, in June, Mike Schultz didn't really have much to work with, right? I mean, they, they had no bullpen help. They had pretty much three starters. They lost their most dynamic pitcher in Jack Flaherty. He was doing the best he could with such limited options. Um, and I know that we all rolled our eyes again when John Mosellock went out and, and got what he believed not, not necessarily to be upgrades, but stopgaps. And j Happ and, and, and John Lester and P.J. McFarlane and Luis Garcia. And look at what those four have done. So I think it's a culmination of leadership that we saw from the veterans, Schultz having a pretty good hold on that clubhouse and having a lot of respect, and these front office moves that have paid out in ways that I don't know just aren't explainable I guess and I, I really think a lot of how the Cardinals have responded and surged back is because of that leadership and, and she'll definitely right in the middle of that.
3: Katie what are we looking at in terms of a, uh, a Jack and Dak update right now? Flaherty and Hudson I would imagine we're getting closer to these guys being a part of this team.
2: Okay I'm going to try and do my best to remember the days but let's I thought today was Thursday so let me uh let me try my hardest here <laughs> i believe jack Flaherty is set to face hitters or face live hitters tomorrow in milwaukee he did make the trip dakota hudson is set for one more rehab assignment on wednesday i think uh in memphis uh they yeah, wanted to fair. honor his rehab assignment thank you guys i really don't know what day it is anymore it's okay um i didn't even know where my layover was today we landed in chicago and i was like oh cool um <laughs> oh, we're
3: back for the Cubs series again
2: <laughs> right right no kidding Um, And I think, again, this is a really fluid situation for both pitchers. Um, They're going to prioritize the health of both of them over anything. I mean, both Dakota and Jack plan on being pivotal fixtures in that rotation in 2022. But with the Cardinals now making a really viable postseason threat, there is some kind of like urgency or intrigue to get them back. Um, I I think... uh, after We'll see how Jack recovers after his live hitter session, and he might be a little bit closer in, in terms of just having a clear answer. Well, Dakota will need one more rehab assignment, and then they'll reevaluate. Um, but I wouldn't rule out both pitchers making a return before the end of the season, even if it's that last week of regular contention, that home series against the Brewers and the Cubs. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Having limited innings out of both of those guys is better than having none at all. So, again, it is very fluid. I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that, but I huh. can't reiterate it enough. You know, things change all the time, especially when you're working with pitchers that are coming back from injury, especially when they are are so prized in in their roles for the future. But you know, both the Cardinals are pretty optimistic about both pitchers making a return at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to have that disclaimer with the Cardinals because to go to Hudson last week was his last rehab assignment, and then now he's right. got another one that's coming up this week. So I I get it. It's <laughs> certainly very very <laughs> fluid. Surprise, surprise. Uh, all right, final question that I have for you, Katie. Uh, this is going to be open ended for you. What do you find most okay, interesting great. about the Cardinals right now? Like what, for, for you, when you're out of the ballpark, or whether it be a, a nugget that you have on them, or what something that you've heard from people that you haven't necessarily reported on thus far, what what do you find most interesting about the Cardinals right now?
2: You know, I, I say this half sarcastically, um, but I really am impressed by their ability to wait until the last po- possible second to all of start playing um, their butts off and, and playing like a playoff team that they've they've said they were going to be all year. I mean, I- I respect it from a procrastinator standpoint, right? And I know that they're obviously not procrastinating, that this they're just heating up at the right time. But I was it's pretty remarkable that they have promised all year long don't cut us out in September, even when they were multiple, like double digit games back in the division and eight and a half games back in the wild card on August tenth. And here they just came thirteen back just like they said they would, like they do every year. And you know, I know this is my first year and I've been an outsider on, on seeing their success from a unfold in a September perspective, but it's just awesome to see the energy every day to be guys really buying in they 100 you know i would ask them in the summer hey you know do you really believe that you're going to make this run and every single guy said yes absolutely there was never a doubt even when there was plenty of reason to doubt and they just stuck with it and all of a sudden here they are doing their typical september things and making this a really exciting month for not just cardinal fans but for baseball so i think it's been really impressive their ability to just Stay consistent in their reputation of being a September powerhouse, and they're right. When you're playing like this, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're the Giants, the Dodgers, the Brewers, whoever, you don't want to be playing a hot Cardinals team like this. Not with the reputation they have, not with the players what they have, not with whatever Cardinals devil magic you want to assert with them. You just don't want to see the Cardinals when you are counting down the days for a postseason race.
0: We never lost the faith. I know that much.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, guys. I talk to you every week.
3: (laughs) You know better than that, Katie. I bought back in, I think, four days ago. So I bought back in when we talked last week, Katie. So you got me back on board.
2: Oh, nice, nice. Look at me go.
0: (laughs) Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Enjoy yourself up in Milwaukee, and we'll talk with you again soon. You
2: got it, guys. Have a great day.
1: You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail.